Extra Points is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesars Rewards. You must be 21 or older. Welcome to Extra Points. Now here's your host, Cousin Sal, and his good, good pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss. All right, welcome to the Extra Points Podcast, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. Cousin Sal coming to you on a Tuesday morning. Yeah, spaghetti and meatballs fiddling with the knobs. Babyface Joel Solomon producing this disaster of a show. And joining me as always, my dear, dear pals, Dave Damashek and Martin Weiss, both of whom I tried to tell that the Washington Commanders would blow out, and yes, I say blow out, double-digit victory over the Philadelphia Eagles in Philly. All right, that last play was ridiculous. It was a close, good game. But, uh, okay, go ahead. You guys can congratulate me now. Go ahead, Check. You start. Don't you dare dance. Don't you dare. I, I agreed with you. I said I liked it. It was bold. I said I'm just going to survive, not fully live like mm-hmm. Cousin Sal did. Muzzle tough to you. A great pick. I had the, I had the uh, visitors plus 11. I was with you. That was fun. In fact, a lot of people were on the plus 11. I was getting nervous, Martin. You know what happens, right? The masses are that's the uh, that's the slogan around here. But they did keep it. You know, I, I say it was close, but three turnovers by the Eagles. Time of possession was like 40 to 20. They really beat them up up front, didn't they? I, that's the, that's what I got out of that. Yeah. Bad calls so aside, have, and we'll discuss that. I have for a sure. bedache yeah. from that last play. Oh, I no. Had- so I took the commanders plus 11 um, on uh, your advice. And then as the game progressed, I'm like, wait a second. There's no uh, way they're going to win this game. They're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. I laid, I had plus 625, put a unit down on commanders winning uh, one to six margin. Oh, and, come on. And they did the pitchy, pitchy, woo, woo, via, uh, uh, a la Scott Van Pelt for no reason at all. Oh, I mean, I'm now sick. I'm now chance. sick. I, I was yeah, excited so I was, for you. I was sick now. Uh, so I, the, it was just a damn it. It hurt there my were soul. A few of them. If you had Devontae Smith over yardage, you were good before that last play. Somehow he loses like third 16 on that. And so that lost any under teaser loses because of that. And if you are uh, a fat defensive lineman, whoever just wanted to touch the ball and get a, a touchdown, just hang out by the goal line. Check. Cause that's where that ball is going every single time. The last lateral is going to land right on the goal line. So just jump right in there and grab it. Yeah, some terrible calls distracting from what should be the headline, which is that the commies say, I mean, I know Carson Wentz gets them their first win that launches them into this, what feels like an improbable run here. But if only they would have gone with Heineke to start the season, where might they be? Never mind. That's in the rear view mirror. The big news is two. By the way, plus 11, I do have to squeeze in because we've been tracking it a little bit. By my count, six of the last seven double-digit favorites have come out on the wrong end of that. Baltimore laying 12 this week to the Carolina Panthers, Baker Mayfield and company. I don't know if uh, there's any reason to support the Panthers other than – the number that I the numbers I just gave you there. But to me, the big story is and and by the way, Brian Robinson is also a great tale um, and part of this commies rise. I also think all four NFC East teams have a not completely insane path to getting into the playoffs with the extra wild card. Now, there's a head to head coming up in the third to last week of the season um, for the commies and the Niners. Uh, mm-hmm. In San Francisco, and so I know it's improbable, but there's a pretty easy path before that uh, to San Francisco. 
you can make a case if the commies beat the Niners head to head that all four NFC East teams are going to make the play. Yeah, why it's going to be close. And comparatively, they're not a lot of head to heads left in the NFC East. I don't say not a lot, but they up they front loaded a lot of those games uh, early on. So you might say, well, they're each going to eat up a lot of losses playing each other. Not the case. I think it can be done. I was looking at it, too. I do want to go over the most controversial calls of the game that all seem to go against Philly. Um, there was one late hit uh, out of bounds. Who was it? I forgot who had the ball, but uh, it was one of those things where he had the foot in and it was hit late. And then uh, it was Gardner Johnson, right? He ended up getting the interception um, a I couple believe, of plays I believe later. Heineke was uh, scrambling on the play. Was it Heineke? Yeah, it was Heineke. Yeah. All right. So Heineke was involved in that one and the last one. But the one in the middle was obviously the worst one where – we need to discuss Goddard and the face mask, which caused him to fumble. And that's not reviewable. And also they let him run all the way back for a touchdown. Uh, and that was, so they screwed up twice on the same play. The referees, I felt like referee 93 official 93 was looking <laughs> right at it. Martin, how does he not see a face mask and why is this not reviewable at this point? Uh, I've, I'm all for it. It should be reviewable because a, a play like that, like it would have been a Philly first down. It, Philly would have had mm-hmm. the ball, been driving plus fifteen yards. Like, yeah, I think that like if I had two changes that I would make in NFL football, pass interference should be either a spot foul or fifteen yard penalty depending on the severity, and personal fouls should be able to be reviewed, like roughing the passer, face mask, and so on. Like that because yeah. like, if you review that, obviously Philly's got the ball right there and they're good to go, but. But this is all because I have no faith at all at this point that the referees who continue to be the same guys year after year after year after year after year. We see new players. We see new coaches when mm-hmm. they fail at their jobs. But referees, no, no, no. Referee, it's like, it's like a, being a, a Supreme Court member. You never leave until you die. That's right. And Shaq, this is – so what we're saying is if you can't review a helmet-to-helmet or a face mask, then if the referee isn't looking, essentially – the defender could pull a Chinese star out of his sock and uh, <laughs> toss it across the ball carrier's throat, causing him to fumble, and the referees missed it. They're just going to decide where the ball should be spotted and not um, the actual assault that took place. I mean, isn't it kind of stupid? for all the blood. Right. It's yeah. ridiculous. And by the way, you, you just reminded me of something. When I was about middle school age – Chinese stars. Um, it seemed like a lot of people, yeah, there would be like the ne'er-do-well kids who would show up after the holidays and be like, look what I got. I got a Chinese star, like a ninja star. And like, yeah. that can't be good for you to be walking around with that thing in your backpack or in your pocket, friend. Yeah. Surprised yeah. we never heard more injuries related to that or deaths. You know, I am uh, now going to buy you, uh, I shouldn't say anything, but a Chinese star for Hanukkah. Figure day four-ish of Hanukkah. I think uh, look in your mailbox. You're the all-time it. worst gift that I've ever seen given to one specific person was when I I don't remember who gave Sal a taser at the <laughs> office. And Tony, within, Tony Barbieri. Within, is that right? Within 90 yeah. minutes, Sal was tasing his coworkers, literally, unironically, not like, hey, here it comes, everybody. It was like walking up to people and tasing coworkers. And somehow you got to go to work the next day after that. No charges, well, we no deal. anything. We would ask, uh, right. like, is it consensual? There was a consensual and a non-consensual. You were allowed three consensual tases and one non-consensual. That's is that how, how we it went? Up. Yeah, and then the taser disappeared. I think one of you hoodlums stole it. I really do. I, then I, we I started doing and I do remember by the the uh, EOB, end of, end of business day, um, that we were trying to see how, um, if, if it 
if the human body could serve as a current. And so we would put one person on another person's lap and uh. tase one person and see if the other person, could. it was, it was not, it was not good. Anyhow. Um, what was the Should question been, here? Uh, something about Chinese stars. Oh, Chinese no, the re- review these <laughs> samples. Something. Of course, we should be looking at all these. It's so cockamamie, ridiculous that, that there's this uh, this line drawn somewhere that like if we start reviewing everything, it'll take too long. It all takes too long when they show the replay within four seconds. We all know sitting at home, like, oh, he grabbed his face mask. Yeah. Oh, that was pass interference. Oh, that was whatever else you're, oh, that ball hit the ground. He didn't catch that clean. We all know it. Why the ensuing 11-minute debate about any of these things, and why are some reviewable and others aren't? Whoa. None of it makes any sense, but I have no update on that. That's been my opinion for a decade now. Yeah, but uh, the whole, the the thing that's going to take too long doesn't make any sense because you still have just as many challenges, right? And you lose a timeout if you're wrong, and you do whatever. nothing happens if you're right. So it, it doesn't take any longer. It doesn't mean you're going to review every play for something like this, well, but... Also, it's just so, if if we're all reviewing the play anyway to see if it's a scoring play, we're just ignoring this yeah. massive face mask on the same play. Like, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. People will push back and say, "Okay, what if you notice in the background that someone's being held or something? How do you get?" But I, I don't know. To me, it's like you get a review, you get two reviews, and it, that stays the same. But you should be able to review um, easy to tell re- infractions for sure. Now. What I want to know is, do you think the crew knew they screwed up by the time they made the call? Do you think when they're on the headset, does someone in New York tell them, hey, you screwed up the face mask call for what it's worth, but that's not what we're going over? Check, do you think that's that goes on? Because it certainly didn't feel like they uh, played the makeup game with that. I think you know what crossed my mind was the uh, I think it was Aikman decreed that oh or maybe it was Buck who said oh no obviously Goddard is touching um, the defender when he gets up like I'm not sure he was but I think yeah, maybe right. that was the that was by the, the officials I think maybe like they're on the ground and by the time the defender gets up I don't know that mm. Goddard's in contact with them but I think the rest are like well at least we can't give him a touchdown here let's let's yeah. do that for the Eagles. So, Martin, then the last, well, not the last play of the game, but the Eagles use their, about to use their last timeout. Heineke scrambling and he takes, he takes a knee, right? And the defenders touch him up on the ground and he flies back. Uh, didn't hit his head or anything. In fact, he jumps up immediately and starts celebrating. I guess it's the right call, but. To me, I feel like there should have been two personal fouls. I think that's uh, the taunting that Heineke did after the play was just as uh, egregious. In fact, it's like, well, whoa, whoa, why are we calling this? It's like, well, we have to protect the quarterback. The quarterback who's doing a lap around the field, pretending like he won the Powerball, like what this, that's the guy we're protecting. Yeah. So I feel like I the was- celebration, I'm an idiot, was too close to uh, the infraction. No, of course. Somewhere, somewhere, Cassius Marsh, former Bears linebacker, if he's not still a Bears linebacker, is complaining about how Taylor Heineke was able to celebrate when he couldn't against in a game against the Steelers last year. Yeah, like the guy, my man, who did the karate kick. But what what Brandon Graham did on the play, and what Taylor Heineke did after the play, you know, mm-hmm. if this was like, like the, yeah, if celebration had been an emphasis, Heineke would have been flagged. Like, if you want to flag right. Brandon Graham for that, like, I don't. It's tough because Hassan Reddick did touch him first, right? So if the penalty's on Graham for, like, touching him up second. But to me, it's evident that this big 300-pound man is not trying to hit Taylor Heineke. And, if and like, in fact, trying to make as little contact as possible. And I guess Taylor if, Heineke if you flies at, back and all, but it's just come on. 
Well, if you look at the play again, and there's a whole thing about a 280-pound man stopping short on something like that. But if you look at it again, he's shielded by another lineman he's trying to get around, Brandon Graham. So he doesn't see, he just sees Heineke on the ground. I don't think he saw that he took a knee. I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt there. But it Shaq, looked have you worse. Seen, have you it, ever it seen a worse. guy yeah celebrate that much after getting pounded <laughs> never in my life seen something like that. it did feel trolly to me uh <laughs> take that you just lost the game on a, yeah. on a bad play but i mean on a dumb play but it wasn't that dumb i think it just looked bad to the official who mm-hmm. was right there because reddick kind of props heineke up his body would have naturally gone back more but reddick kind of tags him just enough so that Heineke is propped up when Graham arrives so it looked more violent than it probably was but yeah mm. that was that was pretty funny yes that was that I think trumps the DBs after a receiver just blatantly drops a pass then celebrating the drop pass like he just did anything I had oh, yeah. anything to do with the drop yeah that's this trumps too. that yeah, well, that but it does because it's like this: the spirit of the laws. We're protecting you, and it's like, what do you do? You're t- now you're taunting. Now you're in the face of your attacker. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Really, really weird. Uh, dolphins, seventy-two dolphins drinking the champagne. Good for them. I didn't want to see the Eagles go undefeated, uh, but people really do. Uh, Bill Simmons. That's a huge problem with these dolphins toasting uh, undefeated season. If you look at their numbers, they probably maybe shouldn't have been undefeated or it wasn't as uh, big an accomplishment as uh, had it been done today. Obviously there's more games, uh, but wait, wait, anyway, wait. that's his argument. I'd love to, I, I, I'm not aware. I'm not aware of his opinion on this. I have long bemoaned yeah. these guys doing that, drinking their champagne. It's a weird talk about taunting people like, all right, they lost a football game. You old guys celebrating. No, you know what though? No, I've now come. I've now come full circle. I now yeah. enjoy it. Good for those old, uh, those old uh, alter cockers. What are, what are they got? They're they're eighty year old men. Yeah, you know what? That's Good for I mean. you know when they were when they were forty two doing it. Maybe a little gross at this point though. Good for them. Yeah, Martin. What do you think? I don't know. They're sipping bubbly out of like IV tubes at this point. So <laughs> who cares? I mean, I'm happy that they're still here. Uh, you know, around. I've been obviously it's been happening yeah. my whole life. I've never had a problem with it. No one else is ever going to undefeat it. Why would you not celebrate the fact that no one else like? And I was probably overstated right. with Chris Berman saying, and now the '72 Dolphins pop the champagne on NFL prime time yeah. whenever the last undefeated team loses. But in concept, yeah, until somebody else does it, I'm gonna go ahead and celebrate it. If that had been right me. now, is Bob Greasy or someone going to go go too far one year and, and and like put on a drunk and then hit his head on the way to the bathroom in the middle of the night or something? Then that's the end of it. God I willing, not. I hope. Oh, no, 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 I hope not. Shaq, you went the God wrong forbid. Way. Yes. God forbid. Just don't do a uh, don't do like a marriage family deal where you're following everybody around and then you try to invalidate. Oh, right. You know, saying if you know if in fact like the. Uh, it was a roughing the passer type of deal. And Washington went undefeated right. off of that type of call. And they're like, well, back in our day, that never would have happened. Just let it be. Yeah. Just let, when By it's the gone, way, it's you're gone. right. But Martin, until then, you're only- right. If you're against the Mar- the Maris family pretending to uh, be excited about Aaron judge, which I am, um, then you should embrace the dolphins uh, drinking the champagne every year. Uh, their undefeated streak, uh, their undefeated season stands alone. Fair. And by the way, I will say one more thing in defense of those 72 Dolphins. Ever since they went undefeated, I mean, I, it predates me paying attention. But ever since then, pretty much, people have pointed out like 72 Dolphins might have been undefeated, but they're nowhere close to the best single season team of all time. So good for them to give everybody back the middle finger. Like, yep, can't yeah. change the history, though. We got the we're the only one with the donut in the loss column. You so like good that. For them. 
that knuckleball accomplishment, and which leads me right into your Steelers. They beat Martin Saints. No one made a bet, so this isn't fun for me. But Shaq, good. Uh, you want to you want to lay it on Martin there? You could. No, I, I what yeah. I want to I want to say to everybody, and more it has to do with the uh, the the Yinzers and the local media there in Pittsburgh who have been rooting for the Steelers to lose out or try to tank games. I mean, go mm. find another team, I think, is, is the only answer for you. Do you understand wow. what's going on there? When they get T.J. Watt back, they're going to be better than they are when they don't have the reigning defensive player of the year. They have Cam Hayward. If they get Minka Fitzpatrick back, I'm sorry if it's inconvenient for the Steelers to not wind up with a top-five pick, but that's mm. not plausible. They're not positioned like the Houston Texans to just suddenly go 3-14. and 14. That's not going to happen, so I'm sorry to all of you now the big one now the big one here it's starting to feel good but the bungles are on their way to town joe burrow and company if the steelers win that one now i'm gonna start to get caught up in my feelings a little bit and maybe you know get a little optimistic i don't like it relax relax i get it i get it i'm just i'm just saying i'm just saying if they did you gotta find the middle ground you got to find the middle ground. If they you. did. You can't if go they did, and I'd be lose games on purpose and completely sell the season. I agree. Because you got to have a reason to wake up and turn the TV on on Sunday. But, but, mm-hmm. but, let's not over-exaggerate here. This Steelers team is bad. And they're going to stink. They'll have a top 10 pick. But congratulations <laughs> on the win. Because the Saints should have a top 10 pick right with you if they hadn't traded the, with the Gardner Johnson foolishness. Listen, we'll get to the Saints in a second, but Shaq, I was all prepared to come on this podcast and say, yeah, well, all right, your prediction of over five and a half wins at this point, maybe you'll get there. But this is a bad team. I was going to join Martin in that you don't score over 20 points. In fact, the last time you scored over 20 points was against this Bengals team, team and you needed overtime to do it. Um, your defense will be good enough to keep you in some games where the offense won't score 20 points. And then I looked at the red, rest of the schedule. All right, Bengals. Right. That that we know they could get in the 20s and 30s uh, at the Colts, Falcons, Ravens could get in the 20s, Panthers, Raiders, Browns. You, you really could play a lot of teams that are going to struggle to eclipse that 20 point mark. So good job. Yeah, but what I'm going to say is you're going to make the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, I mean, they're not going to make the playoffs. But what the hell are we have we been talking about? Like, as I keep saying, I, by yeah. the way, we had uh, we had uh, our uh, collective pal Jeff Schwartz on minus yeah. three um, to start the week. And we agreed that TJ Watt is probably the Jenga piece non QB of the NFL. Mm-hmm. But you know who else might be is Jamar Chase. Let's see these Bengals come into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers without Jamar Chase. If they di- if the Steelers win that game, it's not insane to start talking about a winning record. I don't think that's yeah. playoff based on how mighty the AFC is, but mm-hmm. Listen, I, I, you know, I, it's not voodoo that the Steelers are a better team when they have uh, when they have T.J. Watt on the field. It's, uh, you know, right. obviously they present as a very different team. It's the same as if you take Micah Parsons off the off the Cowboys. At this uh, Martin, Martin, I'm not. And this is not babyface. Joel Solomon starting trouble. Shaq was, you know, he was pushing for them to bench Kenny Pickett at halftime. So. I mean, publicly bench. So not, not no, I said if they, I said if he was bad to start the third quarter, then you have to sit him down. I don't think every situation for a rookie is, is fruitful. I don't think it's good for him. They score 20. So this is it. They score around 20 and sometimes not close to that. But um, so I think that's to be expected from this offense. And then the defense has uh, to keep you in there. I know until my team starts 
Jameis Winston. I'm not. Yeah, Martin, I'm, what the hell's going on with that? That's my, I don't know. That's Free my comeback James. player of the year. Free Jameis, man. What is going on? Why? Because it's not an injury thing at this point. It's a choice to get Andy Dalton, who's good for two picks a game. And, and so don't tell me it's about protecting the ball. I'd rather see James. Like, at least Jameis had 30 interse- uh, touchdowns to go his 30 interceptions. I mean, Lord have mercy. To me, that's the I, big story that's that's underreported that we're not figuring out because Jameis would be the start over Andy Dalton. I just don't get it. But so um, agree. Is it because I guess they're they're not relevant enough in terms of record for us to pay a lot of attention to them? But yeah, I agree completely. Andy Dalton, we know what Andy is. We're still yeah. sort of uncertain what Jameis's uh, high end is. Why would you not if you're Dennis Allen? be rolling with that guy after you already flamed out in your first head coaching gig we live right. in a world now where it's not implausible that you would fire a coach after just one season for his own sake go Jameis yeah speaking of firing and hiring coaches Jeff Saturday wins in his debut and some people are very very upset about this Bill Cower was high atop Mount Pius saying this is a disgrace, uh, most disgrace. I, I, I don't get it. Megan Galley of Megan Fun of Sports went off on Cower. The parlay kid gave him what for. It is interesting. But like, hey, you were not a broadcaster, and you came on out of nowhere as a broadcaster. So you didn't go to broadcasting school or anything. Is that okay? That's all right. But just in your profession, this is not. So I don't know. The point is, Sheck, between Cower and Bobby Knight, your head coaching idols are the most disgraceful in all of sports history. So defend that. Oh, no, no. You know where it's at for me. The Emperor <laughs> Chaz Noel, who forged the greatest yeah, dynasty yeah. of the 20th century. Mm-hmm. That's my coaching idol. No one else. Now. What I, and also Jackie Sherrill of those late 70s, early uh, 80s Pitt Panther teams. Now, um, I, I, this is one of the very funniest stories to make the pro <laughs> football scene in many moons to me. What, what are you, Bell? Do you know what is happening in the year of the Lord 2022? I'm not just talking about in the NFL, in Dan Snyder's NFL. I'm talking the world at large. This is what you're getting choked up about. Yeah, this right. is this is where your set of priorities are. I'm sorry to ascend to Mount Pius in response to you ascending to Mount Pius, but you're getting mm-hmm. choked up that Jeff Saturday is the head coach. The only issue that I legitimately have with it is does this somehow weirdly allow or say I don't know that he's looking to skirt the Rooney rule, but yes, yeah, looking to skirt. If you, if you remove the interim. That he wanted, to, he said in his press conference, hope, eight games, hopefully longer. Like he wants him to be the coach. It's weird. Like, because what are you going to do? Interview guys? Are you going to interview guys? And like, I, I, I always feel like that was up. What else we talked with Jeff Schwartz yeah. about? I'm interested what you guys think about that. Like, it's kind of a bad look to say to whomever the like. I don't know. Eric Bieniemy is a name you you hear continually. Like, oh, Reggie bring Bieniemy. That's the one you're going to bring him to Indianapolis, and you're going to sit Eric Bieniemy down. You're going to make him get on a plane and all that. No, just to but sit there to get a job, he's not going to get. I think internally, like a Reggie Wayne, and I, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know. Martin was it uh, Will that said we don't even know if Reggie Wayne wanted that job? I think he said last week. Will Blackman, yeah, know, like, probably, which may be true. We don't know if uh, Reggie Wayne wanted the job, but yeah, Dave, I don't think it's very far fetched that an NFL team would do what Brian Flores is suing the NFL for saying they did the last you know five years or so. I think that would. What there? Except I don't think Ursay's that guy. I, I'm not I accusing people a, of racism, it, but you know, I don't think it's an unfair opportunity. Like. It's not even an opportunity, right? What's the success rate of um, interim coaches coming back the next year? Like, what is what is? I don't think it's very high. Look at what Basaccia did for the Raiders. 
Why not bring that guy back? He kind of did everything right. They're but train the difference now that I can, the only difference yeah. that I can gather, because it seems as if since the merger, this has happened three times where you bring an interim coach in from not your mm-hmm. staff. The difference is generally uh, the head coach is the guy hiring all the staff, right? So, like, if you fire uh, – uh, uh, when you fire the Raiders coach last year and you elevate Vrish Passaccia, the idea is he was hired by John Gruden, right? So, like, mm-hmm. you're still trying to clean house from Gruden's guys. Like, even um, uh, in Carolina, Steve Wilkes is firing assistants left and right. They're Matt Rule's guys. I get it. You know? Right. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I Look, I, I know you can't be in the middle on any issue, but uh, I think I kind of am on this. I, I get I, I'm happy for Jeff Saturday, but also there probably were better choices. I think the worst part, the very worst part of this whole thing is that Jeff Saturday is portrayed as an alcoholic. Everybody's throwing the drinking buddies term around. <laughs> Jeff Saturday's drinking buddies are Robert Ertz. Like, Jeff Saturday actually had to say in an interview, I think, with Peter King, he's like, I've never in my life had a drink with Robert Ursay. Can we stop saying the drinking buddies? I don't drink that much anyway. Can we stop with the drinking I mean, is it, is it slander? Is it libel at this point? If you if That's you write and say drinking buddies for these guys? I don't know. Poor Jeff Saturday. Poor one out. But what I, I mean, the vibe to me, it feels like that the premise of what they're trying to do is like Jeff Saturday could conceivably be drunk on the sideline. He's just like, he's there to be the rah, rah. Come on guys. Let's keep our foot on the gas. We're Indianapolis Colts. And that means something to me and to a lot of other people. Like that. I think that's what he's there to do. Now you coordinator guys and all you assistants go, go do the actual coaching. I'm not in any position to do that. At this he's point. actually saying that he's at, and, and, and yes. in his defense, he's like, kind of like he's bright. You know, he's bolstering the staff. He's like, these guys run circles around me. I'm in good hands with them, you know, and uh, in a way saying, uh, you know, I'm not worthy of all of this. The other bad thing, the alcoholic thing, for one, for t- second bad thing, he had to give up control of his fantasy team to Eric Decker. Did you guys know this? I don't know if this would be worth it for me. I would have to consider it. You know, <laughs> I'd have to say to her, say, I don't know. You know, this team is six and two. I haven't won in like five or six years. I don't want. Do I really have to give this up? Come on. What am I going to do? I'm not going to have any Colts on my team. Right, Martin? See, would you I think give that's it up the thing right that we don't know, though, Sal. He might have been cooked mm-hmm. in fantasy already, and the Colts might have oh, a better record than him right now. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Think about it. He oh, was at ESPN. He might yeah. be in a league with, like, the Matthew Barrys of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like, who knows? Like, he might be. Right. He might have got, been trounced out by now. That's a good point. I want to find out the record. That shouldn't be hard to, enough to, to unearth how, what the Jeff Saturday's fantasy team record was before he gave it to Eric Decker. Also, he should have given it to Sheck, who doesn't have a league. Give it to Eric I was just going to say, no, what, no. blur your eyes a little bit and see if you pick up the similarities <laughs> here. A bearded fella with a yeah. pot belly who enjoys beer, or maybe doesn't, right. either way, losing right. his fantasy football team at the hands of a handsome devil who already has way too much going for him. Oh, wow. Right? Wow. Sound oh, similar? Wow. This is uh... – Life imitating life. It's unbelievable how it works out. Um, okay. So egregious. It's a disgrace. <laughs> In all my playing? years associated with pro football. <laughs> and now the Eagles are going to beat him by 30, right? And then the Jeff Saturday stuff. I think that's what's interesting is now it starts to get really weird if the Colts somehow win that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they might be able to without Jordan Davis. I think they survive. By the way, I think it's a blip that the Eagles are – not as good against the run without obviously their high end pick Jordan Davis, but they still have Javen Hargrave and um, Fletcher Cox and everybody else. I think they'll fix the run defense, but if they don't, based on what you saw Jonathan Taylor do um, on Sunday, maybe that's a bad fit. 
for uh, the Eagles to try well, and bounce back get into We're going to get into all of a sudden bad run defenses in a second when we bring up uh, my team. But um, one more coaching note. Mark Davis, owner of the Raiders, said, Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic job. He says, I like Josh. I think he's doing a fantastic job. That's why I hired him. We did an exhaustive search and found the person we believe is going to bring the Raiders to greatness. As, half, as far as he goes, I have no issues. I'm getting to know him a lot better. When you sign someone to a contract, you don't don't expect him to full. Don't you expect him to fulfill the contract? So that to me is it, right? You don't want to. He doesn't want to have to pay three coaches. He's paying Gruden. He doesn't want to. He's paying um, now McDaniel's. He's going to pay a third coach. I don't know, Martin. That doesn't seem. Uh, that seems to be the concern. I got to make this right because I don't want to have three coaches on the payroll. Which uh, uh, just which um. I guess which statement like was 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 a bigger lie at the time? Josh McDaniels is doing a fantastic yeah. job, or George Bush saying Michael Brown Brownie <clears throat> is doing a heck of a job while overseeing oh, yeah, two incredible disasters? Yeah. Because the Los Angeles, I mean the, the the Raiders or Las Vegas Raiders are an absolute disaster, and the idea mm. that this guy who's doing this fantastic job just lost to a guy who was wearing makeup uh, uh, ten days ago on TV. Is, mm-hmm. It's something I mean, you got to live with that. Like you got to really live with that. I know that Mark Davis also got to live with that haircut. So maybe he's just I mean, he's good with it. But I mean, dog. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you're well, supposed that, to say. That's the thing. I mean, this guy doesn't have a lot of a t- maybe good taste isn't his thing. He thinks his hair looks good. So what, why should we doubt uh, what he's going to think about this head coach? Got to come up with some level of like we're building a foundation to go forward. But right yeah. now, say so he's doing a fantastic job. He's just tone deaf. Sure. The guy who plopped about- a giant a giant Roomba in the middle of the Las Vegas Strip. Um, the guy who has that haircut. The guy whose taste <laughs> says that Josh McDaniels is doing a great job has nothing less than the best uniforms uh, on his team in all of pro football. The best that we've ever seen. Weird bit of irony. Yeah, I, I mean, what, what's, I think you're exactly right. What's, what's uh, Mark Davis going to say midway through this season? You, again, mm-hmm. like you don't want to be – Whoever you don't want to be Washington or the Jets or the Lions and be one of these punchline teams that just like at the first sign of trouble starts firing everybody. It's just not a good look. I think that's what Davis is trying to do here. Yeah, yeah, there's no way you could look at that and say like, oh, Josh McDaniels, dynamite job, especially given the evidence that you just touched on. Rich Scaramucci wins. uh, What was his name? Scaramucci. Rich Scaramucci was the was the press guy for press secretary for yeah, the for, for Trump. That was a different one. But yes, <laughs> Scaramucci. Biasaccia, like, I mean, this is a real bad look if you're Josh McDaniels. All you did was gain Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams, and you're way worse than last year. Yeah, and last year should have been the COVID bad year for the Raiders, right? With everything right. happening with their team president, with Gruden, with Henry Ruggs, Ruggs like right. that should have been it. And they were they were driving the tie against the AFC representative uh, last year. All right, let's take a break and let and then let's. I mean, I could do four hours on that Vikings Bills game, but let's try to knock it out in two and a half when we return. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino. It's on Caesars up to twelve hundred and fifty dollars. Download the app with promo code CZR. F-U-L-L, and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a 1,000 tier credits and a 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks 
only Caesars can offer. Free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ontario, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Yes, you have to know when to stop before you start. If you have a gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, or if you know someone who has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in Maryland, visit MarylandGamblingMDGamblingHelp.org or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net, Arizona. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas. Call 1-800-522-4700, Indiana. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT, Iowa. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF, Louisiana. Call 1-877-770-STOP, Michigan. Call 1-800-270-7117, New York. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's 467-369. Visit C-O-N-N-E-X-Ontario.ca or call 1-866-531-2600 or text C-O-N-N-E-X to 247-247, Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right, that Vikings build, I mean, it just had everything. It was so emotional, and I was very emotional because I had the, the Bills plus four and a half, which almost and probably should have lost in overtime and had no business uh, being close to losing when it was 27-10 with, I don't know, like 16 or 17 minutes left in the game. But let's start with Justin Jefferson's catch. The best you've ever seen, Martin? I think, like, in uh, with the context around it, yeah. I think, like, when you look at Odell just in a video, just if you mm. just watch a melt angle video and you're just seeing all the different angles, yeah, Odell's is probably just a more, like, feat of human excellence. But uh, with the timing and, and the fourth and 18, and then the fact that another fourth guy had 18. two hands on Crazy. it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Another guy had two hands on it. And the, really, it was a Justin Jefferson interception. Because he intercepted it from the defensive back. So I, yeah. I think when you put all that in the context of it, I, I'd have to go ahead and say that's the best one. Yeah, I was I thinking was. like if the Corolla check always talks about if that D back is not born, is that a felt is that a catch or something? Like if that D back isn't I think the D back made it easier. Kind of pushes to it to him, him, right. To make it an impossible catch. But I'm um, looking at the next gen stats. 
forget about that one, but nine out of Jefferson's 10 receptions had less than 50% chance of being caught by him. No player in the history of next gen, which I think is less than a decade, uh, has made nine catches in one game with uh, less than 50 chance of being caught. He's, mm. he's spectacular. It really is. It's funny that his name is Jefferson because to mm-hmm. me, the patron saint of acrobatic catches is John Jefferson, who played for the Chargers with right. Dan Fouts and then for the Packers, Packers. after that. Um, and then, you know, Lynn Swan and Larry Fitzgerald. And, uh, you know, there's a short list of, you know, OBJ. My list is this. You talk about uh, situation, the the import of it doesn't get bigger than the Super Bowl after all, fellas. So I made my list. It goes like this, and oh. I'm not choosing the number one. Edelman against the Falcons, Tyree against the, the uh, Pats, Curse against the Patriots. People forget that catch because it's all consumed by the Malcolm Butler uh, play right after. But, I mean, that the unrepeatability, it's up there with Mm -hmm. the Antonio Freeman one on Monday Night Football. You could go out there a million more times and it would never follow that exact sequence. Like, knee, elbow, my helmet, then my hand, then the other hand, then there's like my knee again, then my hands. Um and then, uh, so Tyreek Curse versus the Patriots, John Stallworth against your Cowboys in Super Bowl Thirteen, the most unheralded great catch you'll ever see. Oh, it's a great one. And Santonio against the Cards. Yeah, I almost, I don't begrudgingly, I want to put Santonio up there because I think that should get more coverage than uh, Montana to uh, yeah, uh, the Montana pass. I really don't, uh, right? But it doesn't. It really doesn't. Maybe because it wasn't against the Cowboys. If that's the talk about four hours doing four hours on that, the weird conspiracy theories around that, like the Tyree thing, has a massive fluke factor to it. There's no fluke in in what San Antonio Mm -hmm. does. Like the 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 history on the line, Uh, and and that ball, like his toes are cemented to the ground, and and that ball hits his hands, and it doesn't budge a centimeter once it does. It's a crazy play with 34 seconds left in the Super Bowl. Sheep. I put uh, Dax catch, and it was a catch against the Packers. Uh, Wide receivers get screwed in in frozen tundra every time we go there. But Dax was terrible against the Packers. That was the no. Your tweet was was great. That screen grab of Jair Alexander. Like what the hell's the explanation? And then what I hate is the concept. Call it. Greg yeah. Olson's a delight and and yeah. a, you know and a, a great star immediately. But like I hate that when they tag something that's blatantly PI or whatever the calls. They're like, <laughs> I bet Cowboys fans are at home a little upset about that. But anyway, uh, next play, like what the hell? It just swings the game. We're in overtime, exactly. man. Exactly. So uh, I'll get to the Cowboy. I guess I'm putting off Cowboys talk. But Martin, this Vikings Bills ending. It, Josh Allen takes a hit. Uh, takes a literal hit. Boy, there was so much going on. But like I said, they're up 17 going into the fourth, basically. Um, the Dalvin Cook run brings it right back. And then the interception in the end zone, you see McKenzie step out of bounds and takes himself out of the play. And then Allen, like on the tackle, and they go to commercial. I'm like, oh, is he holding his leg? He might be out. Um, anyway, they get lucky with the Vikings going for it on fourth and goal. And Kirk Cousins shoulder down ball is not in you get the ball at the half inch line first of all the parlay kid brings up a good point if you if you connect on the snap there they're going to give you forward progress and you're not going to get a safety right so that's all you have to do is connect on the snap like you've done 60 times before and the game is over i think they would have had to have two snaps because the vikings had a a timeout but they yep. fumble and the bills score in the end zone what uh, are you thinking there's any chance that the Bills, I mean, that really turns the swings of season, doesn't it? I mean, it does. I'd say, like, I didn't 
it was about that. You know that third and fifteen that Diggs caught that was would have been the catch of the week if Justin Jefferson hadn't caught another one yeah. in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. It was around that time I started to get really worried about Josh Allen and the way he was moving and throwing the ball. Like some of his throws were just so errant, and and something you talk about this UCL injury. And mm-hmm. people are showing a video of him running off the field at practice saying, oh, it looks like he's in good shape. He's like where he like kind of grabbed at his helmet a few times and then couldn't pick it up. Then you look at like one of the few times he goes under center in the game. Like obviously it's something you got to do playing football as part of the job. But, you know, he didn't grab the ball. Like the center had the ball back there. He just, uh. just seemed like he didn't grab it or he couldn't grip it. And then it goes down. Then you see him like, that Diggs catch, Harrison Smith would have intercepted it if Diggs didn't make that play. And then with his right. red zone turnovers, I, you know, that's – I think that's a big big cause for concern. Like, I don't know if it's I would have played bad. him this week. Well, and that's the thing. Like, we could hear that the injury is worse than it, it actually is. But then sometimes he takes off and he's so big and he's so fast. You're like, wow, how is he doing it? So, yes, on some of these throws, he looks like uh, – doesn't look like Josh Allen or maybe the Josh Allen – of three years ago, but Shaq also on the snap in this day and age where you could have two running backs um, ramming the quarterback's uh, rear end as hard as he can to push him forward. And also being right there for the fumble. Why, what are those guys doing? Why aren't the tailback and the fullback are right there to try to scramble for the ball? Shouldn't that be I the guess play? I, yeah. bunched up? I, I'm not a, accusing you of 2020 hindsight, but yeah, that, I, that really didn't occur to me, even though, though we've seen that happen. I mean, yeah, right. They definitely should have been doing well, that. I don't doing? know why they, they didn't. Hanging out. Should, they shouldn't get paid for that play if they're just going to hang out and watch. <laughs> like, just make sure you're up tight, uh, right, right in there in case the you're so. You're so right, and that Vikings win, like, you know, the Packers, I, I don't know if you heard, they beat the Cowboys. And so now, mm. like, the Vikings lose that one. Now Green Bay feels more realistic. I think the thing with the Bills is I I predict as much as I've said, I know Buffalo doesn't want Josh Allen running around as much as he is, and we swoon when he's like, look at that run. They don't want to attack when they picked his leg up in overtime or, or was that at the end of the of right. regular – either way. Like he just has taken too many hits. That's not great. But maybe if he doesn't get hurt, I think we'll look back and be like, ah, that was a weird blip for the Buffalo Bills. The issue is, though, I think we've gotten a little too comfy with the idea of like get into the playoffs – Last year was probably anomalous compared to the preceding decade. What I'm saying is if you have a buy, that is huge in the 21st century in the playoffs. Last year, it didn't matter. That doesn't mean it doesn't matter any year. So I think these losses by the Bills maybe come back and bite them. Like it's like, oh, well, we we went into Arrowhead and beat them earlier in 2022. So we're okay. Like you sure? Because the Ravens and the Chiefs set up to both – win out you're going to be a three seed now buffalo as a result of this no, if no, you no. even win your division no right they have to win the division there are three right. seed in their in their division there are three seed right now they're I third agree. Place. and so they it, they've it, made a it, very it, tough path for themselves with this little stumble in the middle of the season here they still get miami at home but tua and josh allen according to caesars are both now five to one to win the mvp patrick mahomes is up top at plus 120 jalen hurts dropped he was third he's now fourth at six to one, Martin. Maybe we were talking about it on against all odds. Maybe Tua is the play here. I think there's going to be some forgiveness that he was out a couple of weeks because of the concussion. So if he's like three or four touchdowns behind Mahomes, he might be the call at five to one if they win the division. Do you agree? 
Yeah, but A, I don't think they're going to win the division. And B, mm-hmm. I don't see, like, uh, I know it's not cool to say, like, Tua is not an amazing quarterback. Like, like, you want to talk about somebody you have to have an opinion on? Like, Tua is, seems to be either you hate him or you love him for sure. I just don't think yep. he's going to keep playing at an MVP-type level, right? Like, And I think if, if Hill gets nicked, Waddle gets nicked, all of this kind of falls apart, right? I think that's what makes it all work. And I think if one of those two guys goes down, all of it falls apart when, like, and I don't think two is like he's doing exactly what he did at Alabama, which is get the ball to wide open wide receivers who can run really fast. And I mean, at the end of the day, his stats could get to that point if he continues on this like trajectory. But yeah, uh, we're, are we slating that Tyreek Hill is going to have the best wide receiver season of all time? Like, just a year after Cooper Cup pretty much did it? I don't, I don't know. No, so I, don't, I, don't, I, I, think I, I will say this. I was kind of impressed. He threw a touchdown to who? Like Alec Ingold and Trent right. Sherfield. Like these guys, he's finding open guys. It doesn't necessarily have to be Waddle and Tyree Kill. Now, these guys I just mentioned are not going to have dynamite stats, but 175 to one, he opened the year at Caesars for MVP. Now, five to one. I don't know, Shaq, does he get, does he get a little bit of a break for the concussions if it comes down to it? Well, the word value is right there in in the uh, award. Um, and so when he sat down, you see a major difference there. But I think what you said or have been saying for three, four weeks now, Sal, is that Tyree Kill deserves as much MVP buzz. And I think that's yeah. right. Maybe, you know, s- splits votes and maybe Hill is the offensive player of the year. Either way, um, I don't think I, I think there's a lack of imagination in saying like, oh, uh, the Dolphins are going to fall off like. Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf never did like that. Sometimes mm-hmm. guys just jump the league, you know, or yeah, offenses well, or Kurt defense, Warner whatever. For one on year had dominate. A, had a formidable running game. One of the best pass catching running backs ever. Like Miami yeah. can't run the ball. They no, just, they're they, yeah, right, well, they're different with Jeff Wilson, though. They're the dead, Niners, and, and the Niners Moser. gave them a couple of good running backs. The Niners said, hey, take these two. They're like a fifth and sixth <laughs> best for us. And uh, they're, they're actually doing all right. Yeah, that, In a league that with have imperfect juggernauts like to me it's it it is Patrick Mahomes to this point and I think it's a chase between the rest of the way look at the schedules and it will lay bare uh, that the two guys who I bet by week 15 we're talking about as your Mm -hmm. two MVP guys are Mahomes and Lamar Jackson both those teams should win a ton of games the rest of the way here so I think it's going to boil down to those two big name brand guys here's what Mahomes has going for him aside from being a great and probably the best is he is that they are on prime time so much. You're going to get so much spo- exposure on the, um, on the chiefs the rest of the year. Hold on. I have it here. somewhere. uh, at the Broncos is a night game. They play on Christmas Eve against the Seahawks. Uh, you know, this Sunday week, night, they the just Chargers. flexed them into Sunday right. night football. So yeah, yeah exactly. So, and they have the chargers this week, somehow a seven point favorite, by the way, that number really indicates to me that, you know, we, we joke about the chargers having no home field advantage. Like that's like the, they're giving the chiefs a full three point, I think home field advantage. What, what are the chiefs at home against the chargers? What's the line, Martin seven or eight? Like what's the difference? That's, it's yeah, really, I don't uh, think there's sad, much of a difference because it's not yeah. going to be like ten thirteen, like or something crazy right. like that. It wouldn't be double digits, but yeah. I, mm-hmm. But also, I mean, you bet. Like the Chargers have the, the shot that they had at a fan base is slowly dwindling as they just kind of put together a season mm-hmm. that is a very ho hum six and three right now. Like there's kind of like so weird whatever. that they are six and three and Damashek Damashek need to break up with them and then they uh, now back to rising to the top. Um, it's like bad happens. luck, Dave. I like the opposite of good luck, Chuck. 
Mm-hmm. But I want you to know, I, I, it's Chargers. I, I wish you nothing but the best. I want you to be happy. We're just better as friends. That's all. That's all. Yeah. That's, how, that's how life goes sometimes. All that's right. Nice. It's been enough time, Dad, Sal. How in the world does Michael Parsons, the best edge rusher in football, play 47 over. snaps at linebacker as Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon just run up and down off the team? You got Aaron Rodgers, who has been cooked for the last three weeks. The Lions beat him. What's going on with the Cowboys, Sal? We've te- I, it's, it's I been am enough. worried. I am. Uh, I'm, I mean, you can now run on this team. They had 447 yards run on them in the last two games. This is that's the Bears and the Packers. And you're right. Aaron Jones was almost not even going to play, and that's no fun. No matter what, you, you don't want to watch three hours of your team getting run on. That's the worst kind of uh, viewing experience. I also don't think we're using Dak correct in certain situations. I sound like a broken record, but he needs to take off. He needs to roll out. He needs on these third and shorts, a designed run would be so good. He doesn't have to run the ball 13 times like uh, Justin Fields, but let's be a little smarter about Dak. But all that said, they they blew a winnable game, 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter. I knew when that smug Mike McCarthy check came out there with that Vince Lombardi trench coat, I was like, oh, boy, that's it. That's it for them. They're gonna. They're gonna I win. loved. I loved the like how much he cares about Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and how much Aaron Rodgers cares about Mike McCarthy and all that. Yeah. And then in overtime, him throwing down. What did he throw down the clipboard or whatever his headset yeah, or whatever his, card uh, they headset. Yeah. headset or, or or whatever it was yeah i think you know you have this they always call him like what do they call him the queen piece in in chess micah parsons you know figure out something between the 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 you have a number of really high-end pieces on that defense they'll fix that uh, but i am more worried about dak at this point i think we kind of elevated there was enough evidence there some big time clutch moments early in his career gargantuan numbers and all that but something ain't adding up right i i like him and i still my mid-season adjustment super bowl pick is dolphins cowboys now but i do i do periodically get a little spooked by dak is he definitely going to win three games in january to get them to the super bowl i don't don't know. know I don't like the way they set it up for him. The receivers didn't do him any favors. Schultz ran ran some bad routes. Admittedly, you know that uh, you know they did a good job. Olson talking about that, like um, the Schultz routes, and even Ceedee Lamb right after even getting in Schultz's face, he ran some bad routes uh, following that. But yeah, I um, I think they got to get Odell right. I mean, gotta. I don't know about that. A lot of teams want him, but I think they would be let's try mighty it. enough that yeah. with that defense that then they would be the clear cut with the possible exception of the Niners. They would be the class of Gallup uh, is of sort a pretty of soft NFC. Yeah. At this point, I'm not, uh, how great would that the Eagles loss have been if the Cowboys were a game back and still have to play Philly in Dallas, that would have been fun, but yeah, I just skipped Philly. Bad, that was a bad one. one. By the way, yeah. I got to say real quick, cause I keep celebrating it. One week from this Thursday, the greatest Thanksgiving trio of games these eyes have seen. What a, oh, we yeah. get Lions and Bills. That's interesting all of a sudden, A. Eh? Mm-hmm. And then Cowboys, Giants. That's huge for both those teams. And then Vikes, Patriots is very likely relevant for both those teams. But it's that mm-hmm. middle one down at Big D, Sal. You better get nervous about it. I am nervous about it. Spaghetti, jump on here because I know you're salivating. You're probably salivating right now. I want to see your face because Barkley could go for 250 against this team. No, he's salivating because Thanksgiving means mashed potatoes. Oh, I see. 17 servings of mashed potatoes for (laughs) any spaghetti. More gravy, please. 
Um, I'm actually not looking forward to this game that much because I have a lot of responsibility on that day. I know it's like a lame answer, but I, I may be hosting the holiday or if I'm not hosting, I am cooking a crap time that I have to transport it across the, the day. So like having a football game on is a distraction. I like Thanksgiving because I don't have any pressure of my team playing. I could sit on the couch, eat and watch yeah. the Lions lose by 30. Having the Giants and giving me Ajin on on that day is this not, is how I feel every year. Yeah. You're not wrong about that. But wait a minute, what time are you done cook? What are you responsible for cooking wise? I gotta I gotta go hold Google Doc on. It's a lot a lot of stuff going on. I gotta bake. <laughs> a lot of responsibility. We got we got sweet potato pies. We got the gravies. We got the um the uh, the stuffing. Uh, I have to make a, a cider. A lot of jugs of that. Uh, a few mm. other things going on. So it's it's you know it's a lot. I, I don't want I don't want to have to like focus on my team in a game they'll probably end up losing. Yeah. Do you guys I, – I'm sorry. I take this for granted. I assume everybody has a TV in their oven. I mean, they've gotten to a status in life where they're – but you don't you don't have that yet? I'm going to have to get that for you, Spaghetti. I have a kitchen TV, though. You do? All right. Yeah. So it'll be right I'm worried there. Spaghetti's friends are using him for all his cooking and baking. Is anybody doing anything but you? You have to make the pies and the stuffing and the cider? What the hell? Let yeah. somebody else do something. <laughs> Look at him. He's Chef Boy R. Downer right now. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right, Spaghetti. I, I I made that bet against Spaghetti. Uh, he wore a salmon on his head. I, I was more confident in that game with stupid Cooper Rush than I am uh, this Thanksgiving coming up. This Giants team. Oh, man. Well, anyway. you know, so you don't have to worry about Thanksgiving because yeah. the Cowboys, they just obviously just lost and pretty much had – I mean, I thought they had trouble moving the ball as you talk about the trouble with Dak. I think this is opening sure. the door for Odell. They'll lose again next week to the Vikings which will open the door up for an Odell debut mm-hmm. Thanksgiving afternoon uh, uh, in Dallas against oh, the Giants, wow. his former team. Fun. He goes oh, crazy in his, in his uh, comeback from, you know, he's, you know, he mm-hmm. was online and went Super Bowl MVP through the first quarter. If you yeah. care about things of that nature, but uh, no, yeah, absolutely. That, that lines up right for you. That's, that's going to be the big time show as you're uh, trying to stay awake off to, after the trip to fit. By the so, way, fishy yeah. line, right? Why would the Vikes open? I don't like that. Uh, That's stupid. Being yeah. a two-point dog in Minnesota right. to the Cowboys. Weird. That makes no sense at all, and uh, that scares me even more for that game, too. I mean, Dalvin Cook should put up a, a buck 50 right there. I don't know. Letdown game for sure. Uh, Cowboys maybe need it more at this point. Uh, you could look at it like that, but the Vikings should be favored at home. Come on. This is dumb. They're setting I, Well, I'm taking dumb. the Cowboys because it makes no sense. Hey, speaking of betting, and maybe Babyface, you could pull the actual number on this. J.J. Watt of uh, Arizona Cardinals, big win over the Rams in the battle of backup quarterbacks. Uh, There was a better who lost a parlay on his touchdown that was called back. The the better as part of a, 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 I guess, like a same-game parlay thing had the Cardinals defense special teams to score. Watt scores. It was called back. He posted the better, and JJ Watt's like, you know what? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pay you for this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, what was it? A thousand dollars? Yeah, it was a thousand dollars. JJ Watt seemingly is sending this guy who lost money on a parlay. I think this is a bad. Uh, I mean, is he gonna get reprimanded for this check? This is, this is a bad precedent to set. I think uh, in general. It is weird because JJ Watt feels like a league approved. Um, mm kind of a sponsor of all things NFL. It's not like mm-hmm. he's like, oh, we got to tolerate that. Like, I think they like his family friendly way and everything else. This was a little weird after the Calvin Ridley thing. 
I mean, I'm not not accusing. I don't care. I'm not on Mount Pies about it, but I'm surprised that J.J. Watt, given like he seems super aware of his rep and everything else, seemed like a little weird uh, thing to step in. And the other move on his part. They can't like it, right? It's like when you're splitting a check at dinner. Like, okay, how much did you tip? I'm, all right, we're all tipping 20. Like, oh, you tipped 40? Oh, that makes me look bad, right? Now they have to go. I mean, if this is the case, Chip, Pel- Chip Kelly could pay me back for going for it on fourth and six as his own 36 and losing to Arizona and costing me a lot. I mean, th- is that it, Martin? Do we just keep posting Ooh. our losses? Until a you player don't have to look far on uh, on an NBA Tuesday or Thursday to see wow. you know a few starters talking about I don't care about your parlays when somebody misses a same game or by an assist or a rebound right. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think this is bad. I don't think you should reward bad behavior. This is right. rewarding bad behavior. <laughs> bad behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, it's your fault, pal. You're putting the Cardinals defense to score a touchdown on the same yeah. game parlay. No, 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 no. Come on. What are you doing? That's bad right. behavior. You should reward somebody who lost a bet that, like, was really just completely out of the blue. Like, if the Eagles are marching down the field in the last second, decide to fumble intentionally, and then the Washington scores a touchdown to blow out the one to six margin. Now, that that right there is something that could be refunded. But exactly. this right here, no, this is, this is child's play. Devonta Smith owes you money, Martin. Uh, let's call it out right now. That was the despicable uh, lateral, not even the go- – but Babyface, you disagree with this? Completely disagree, and usually I'm in Martin's corner, but if if the NFL wants to talk about Walter Payton Man of the Year, guys who give back to the community, well, this is the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be crazy. There are a million bad beats a week. Good luck keeping track of all this, guys. <laughs> Thanks to J.J. Watt. Um, all right. This leads us, and maybe this is one of the uh, candidates to uh, a segment we like to call Martin's Meatheads. Martin, who are the three Meatheads of the week? So my first Meathead is is your head coach, Mike McCarthy, going forward on fourth and four instead of kicking the field goal. Six plays later, they lose the game. Like I, I, I know you're talking about in the flow of the game and all this and that, but you know, ultimately you have to score points to win. Mm-hmm. The second one is Leonard Fournette. And this was actually a user suggestion. Several people DM me this and said, Leonard Fournette has to be the meathead of the week for his pass attempt to Tom Brady. For throwing Tom Brady a, a jump ball. Like mm-hmm. the idea, and Brady's on the ground, as you said, so this is all around bad. I get that he was open the first time, but there was a reason he was open the first time and the second time it wasn't. And then my third meathead, just Josh McDaniels. Just flat out Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels. I mean, besides losing. In historic fashion for the last four weeks in a row, he, he tops it off by losing to a guy who was on his couch 10 days prior. That yeah. right there, that's that's a magnum opus right there. Josh McDaniel. Well, someone else might have been on their couch, too. I mean, it's hard to keep track of who's on their couch. But you're saying just to, it's for a living he was on his couch. I see. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah I, for I, a living he was watching <laughs> football. Shaq, out of those three, which uh, meathead do you feel strongest about? Well, first of all, where where are you at, Arby's or Butcher Block or someone else? Wh- who, whoever's got the meats, we got the meat heads. Let's uh, oh, let's yeah, partner up right. here. Get now, in there. Josh McDaniels is is I mean, like if Bill Cower is getting choked up and Joe Thomas is calling it <laughs> egregious what the Colts did, what the hell right. do we say about the team that just lost to to the to that uh, Jeff Saturday coach team? Disgraceful. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, I gave you my thoughts on McCarthy. I definitely think they should have run. If you think you're going to go for it on fourth, you run on third. I think that's almost definite. Like we can't – I don't know, care what analytics say. That, that it should be in the playbook. Um, 
Fournette, that was an interesting play, right? That looked like that's something you try because you're bored with your team and you're um, eight and one at this point, right? Not struggling to get to 500. So uh, we had fun with it, but I don't think it mattered as much as now they're like a minus 450 to win the division. Tampa's got everyone right where they wanted them. Really, nothing really even mattered. It really didn't matter. None of it. None None of of what we talked about mattered because. Brady was right to come back to this team because they're in a division that stinks. And look at that. Look where they are after 10 games. Uh, they're going to win it. I'll give it to McDaniels. I think you're right. This is ridiculous how they're losing games uh, day in and day out. And then I, I like Derek Carr. You look at his stats. They're not bad. You look at Josh Jacobs stats. Not bad. It's this defense that doesn't put pressure on the quarterback and is much worse somehow than this Raiders team that made the playoffs last year so i don't think Derek Carr can is in a spot as much money as he makes he's the face of the franchise but getting through the gruden stuff and getting a new head coach and all that kind of stuff i think i feel like he's belly he's he's raring to bad mouth things and he realizes i can't be that guy i can't Mm. be bad mouthing this coach now and blaming other people and everything else by the way if Aaron Rodgers did his meathead of the week, it would definitely be LaFleur. Did you see him giving the business to the head coach <laughs> for his play calls? He wins, and then it's all all right. But if they lose that game, Aaron Rodgers once again, oh, another yeah. another edition of Aaron Rodgers blaming anyone but himself for the ills of the Packers, despite the fact that he makes $50 million for the Packers. He does. And I, I, don't, I don't think he goes to three years. They sign him for three years? I don't think he gets to the finish line. I don't know that Jordan loves the answer either, but uh, I'd be very surprised that this keeps up uh, even in a winning effort. All right, uh, let's take a quick break and let's go over the college uh, football playoff scenarios. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, congratulations to you, Shaq. Alabama's out, so we don't have to hear about that. Good. good. You want to make an accept, a speech, an acceptance speech? No, it's enough with them. It's not a lifetime <laughs> achievement award if you beat Alabama because they've been mm-hmm. good in the last decade. This isn't a banner edition of uh, of the tie. Okay, okay you so beat them. No good question. for you. It's a quality win. It's not. It's not the end of the world that you beat them. It and so because you- LSU is definitely in the SEC championship game and Alabama to be considered for the playoffs, whether you thought it was a good idea or not, would have had to have beaten Georgia in the SEC championship. So they don't even have that. LSU, I, you know, we sat down and tried to figure out these playoff scenarios. I thought it was easy. It's not all of a sudden. So LSU is plus 550. They're going to have to win out. Uh, I think they have Texas A&M. 
Um, and then they're going to have to beat Georgia, right, to be considered. Um, Tennessee is minus 220. It was about even uh, when we started this last Tuesday. About a week ago, they were even odds. But they're now going to be ranked, I think, if Georgia hangs on against LSU, they'll be the second-best team undisputed in the SEC. Is that enough to yeah. get them in there? That's the question. You say, you say yes, Martin. Go ahead. Cut me off there. I think, yeah, I do think so. I don't mean to cut okay. you off. I do think so. I think they'll no. have TCU, which is what it is. That's the so way that means Michigan. That would be that would be worse than e- even the previous years that I bellyache endlessly about. If TCU went undefeated in the no, Big yeah. Twelve and lost out to Tennessee, that would just be so low. No, no, I don't no. even. Know. No, I don't think that would happen. But if they have one loss, their one loss is worse than Tennessee's. Okay, that's fine yes. with me. Yeah. What, what I root for, if everybody, and it's not going to go this way. It's mm. nice and clean, actually. Georgia. TCU, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and if USC wins out, that's a that in a sane world should be your final. Yeah, but that's a tough. It's not clean because that's sick. That it's not really going to happen. USC, UCLA is a coin flip. I mean, it could happen. Then they have Notre Dame. That's going to be a tough game, and uh, and then they'll have to play probably Utah or Oregon, right? In the uh, in the Pac-12 championship. So that's so what what you have to plan on is if everybody has one loss. Then who goes in check? Because that's what it's well. Then on. it's good. Then then I will sign off on Tennessee. Everybody will be happy to learn if Tennessee runs the table. I am still bothered though that this mm-hmm. thing like Tennessee. Well, they hey they they lost to Georgia, but it was a it was a it was not a ball game. They were blown out. They scored a, a late touchdown that made it seem closer than it was, and they almost lost at Pitt. Pitt is five oh. and four, six and four, whatever. That they almost lost to the backup QB at Pitt. How can you well, talk about this team as being so much – their resume is so much better. They almost lost the pit. Well, hold on. You just said you're putting them in with one loss. So why are you I'm doing them? it because I'm, a, because I'm a gracious soul. I'm excited about Thanksgiving and Shecker season and everything else. The Steelers won. I have a sunny disposition today. But then you're that kicking doesn't mean Michigan that I'm out. Happy. You're kicking Michigan out. So, Martin, if Michigan loses to Ohio State, they're expected to lose by seven. If they lose by seven in Columbus – isn't that loss better than Tennessee's loss to Georgia? And shouldn't that be enough to put them in? I mean, I think so. But also, like, especially when you look at the margin of victory between Ohio State and Michigan, I'm not sure why Ohio State has – like, why Ohio State would be over them. Like, I mean, I'll be, like, at this moment in time. I agree. But, like, uh, to me, when you look at just the common opponents or just the way that Michigan's looked on Saturday and the way Ohio State's looked on Saturday, like, put it like this. Ohio State won by a touchdown against Tino's team that was one in seven. Mm-hmm. Like uh, in, in conference, like that. When Michigan does that, well, let's have a revisit a conversation until we play each other. Yeah. Here's the thing: in two years, when they go to the twelve team playoff, this is we're not going to be able to have this fun discussion, right? It's not going to. No, you see, now you yeah. get coming around. Yeah. Now you're getting it. Now, finally, I, college no, football no. is great because of this. This no. conversation, it all just gets to be like every other sport, where like twelve teams and all that. It's a different conversation. This is why college football is delightful. No, the more football is better. I, I should qualify that I and say it. I will always root for more football. So that's that's good. And the top four will get by. So it's not that too much of a you know hassle that way. So, but I think the big nightmare is if USC has a loss, Michigan has a close loss to Ohio State, TCU has a loss, and Tennessee runs a table and they have a loss. Then what do you do? Then it's tough. And I tell you what, we're going to do. We're just going to bet Georgia minus one fifteen to win the whole thing. What are we doing? <laughs> Let's just do it already. Come on. 
Well, that's true, but also, but but you know, if ever there were a year for a two-team playoff, te- mm-hmm. uh, Georgia versus whoever survives Michigan, Ohio State. End of story. Sure. Assuming TCU takes a loss somewhere along the way, that's that would be a perfect one. Let's not bother with the with the jive of semifinals. Just let those two teams play. Well, it'll be a little clearer this week when TCU goes to uh, Baylor. I think they're a two and a half point favorite. So if they lose yeah. that, then we could start crossing off some of these teams um uh all right let's do our play of the day uh martin start us off here i think you want i, I picked a mac game last week and i won that was good i the, took seven and a half i think the team lost by seven i was smart who's your play of the day for tuesday my play of the day for the my last tuesday was the grizzlies plus four the uh, uh the uh oh wow montana grizzlies plus four right. not memphis and they did cover but today I am going to take the Kings plus two. I'm sorry. Well, I said it backwards. The Nets plus two against no, the Kings. No, you're locked in at the Kings. You're locked in. Sorry. <laughs> well, if you, if you can get the Kings plus two and you can get that middle. No, nah, but uh, Kevin Durant had a bad fourth quarter um, against the Lakers and a loss that the Nets, you know, kind of well, it was a schedule loss. Two days off against the, mm. the Kings who haven't played a lick of defense. KD's going to go crazy. And the Nets without Kyrie have looked incredible. Way better, so I'm going. With, mm. I'm going with the Nets here plus two, and they're three and zero as right. underdogs so far this season. I think. All right, check play of the day. You got a beauty coming up if you are hot. If you're interested, maybe learning about the the NHL, a great one to jump in on. The Toronto Maple Leafs pay a visit to Pittsburgh, PA, for what figures to be a shootout. Two backup ish kind of goalies. Matt Murray, who won two cups with the Penguins, coming back to the banks of the Three Rivers to play Casey DeSmith, almost inexplicably, although injuries uh, are per- are apparently an issue with Tristan Jari. Anyway, over six and a half, parlayed with Jake Gensel, the sniper on Crosby's oh. wing, getting a goal. Those uh, uh, Pair those two together, plus 245 is going to be your payout. Sit down and watch the game, and then bet the over. And then you don't have to worry about who wins or loses. Just watch a, what hopefully will be a, a fun hockey game. Spaghetti, I know the, the Penguins made a little bit of a run. They, uh, they snapped that losing streak. How are we doing uh, with our no playoff bet? Are we going to still cash that? Well, that I mean, that huge loss streak uh, was great for us, but yeah. I I don't think look if they miss the play, it's not going to be by a ton of games. It's going to be right. a very very tight race all the way to the end. Uh, I'm not going to get too crazy over hockey, you know, before the new year. But um, okay, yeah, that that I know you got through Thanksgivings first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got too many responsibilities. No, I'm with you. I'm trying to find a a line on. Uh, do they have? He's got to make eggnog. He's got to make eggnog for uh, for all of his friends. And he's got to deliver to fill in for Santa and go around and deliver. I, what, why are you having to do every bit of Thanksgiving? Why I don't understand why no one else is offering there's other us stuff. There's, there's the turkey. There's mashed potatoes. Okay. There's other you know okay. vegetables okay. and whatnot. Uh, I'm staying away from those, but I, I have my you know fair share. It's all organized. It's going to be fine. Okay. Right. Okay. Hey, pens were now. I did get them at three to one to not make the playoffs. Now plus one seventy five. It's tightening up. Check. It's tightening up. Ooh, I'm on the edge of my seat. They might miss the. They're not going to miss the playoffs. Come on. Hey, speaking of edge of your seat, Champions Classic, Duke and Kansas. So this means 
Champions Classic means the season's over after this game, right? No, this is uh, this is the big thing they do. It's Kentucky. It's Michigan State on the other side. That's the early game. The later game, Kansas, Duke, and Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Kansas was one-and-a-half-point favorite over Duke. Duke now a uh, point-and-a-half favorite. Lots of money on Duke. Not mine, though. I'm going Jayhawks. It's a weird one. No Coach K, obviously. We're not going to see him. No Bill Self. Uh, recruiting violations, and he said, uh, let me go ahead and suspend myself four games. How is that? A self-suspension by itself. Um, also, no Derek Whitehead for Duke. Jalen Wilson's the best player on the floor. It averages 20-10-4. and four. Kansas coming off an 82-59 to 59 win over North Dakota State. That's how you know if a team is good. No, uh, I do like Kansas here. Dewan Harris doesn't turn the ball over. It's going to give Jeremy Roach some fits. Lots of freshmen on that Duke squad. This is a big arena Big game early in the year. I think it's going to be too much for them. 80-75 Jayhawks. That's my win. That's a lot of good good football because Mac football is stuff all, all over the place. You can't take a Tuesday off, and you shouldn't. You should find time to listen to Mr. Lister right there on Spotify Live. Go ahead, promote it. Who do you have on? The t- well, we got it. It's a busy sports night, but you can carve out 45 minutes for, uh, yeah. for, for your old pals, Dave and Eddie Spaghetti, who's going to be doing cider. Wow. I, I don't know what he might be up to. He's got a lot of responsibilities. <laughs> Plus we have uh, both of the Megans, Megan Gailey and Megan Connolly joining us, of course, from Megan Fun of Sports. That'll be a good time. Looking forward to that. Join us, won't you? 7 p.m. Eastern, our our uh, our list-based sports trivia show. There you go. And I feel bad promoting it because I'm an idiot, but we're doing Race to 10. It's me and the Degenerate Trifecta also on Spotify Live. The Grizzlies and the Pelicans, we're taking the Grizzlies to score 10 first. We're taking the Grizzlies in the first quarter. Uh, we haven't figured out her first uh, basket. That's also on Spotify Live. But listen to Mr. Lister. Uh, that'll be fun. You won't lose as much taking money. Grizzlies, Martin. Nope. What's that? You're getting betting against the Pelicans again. On the race to ten, I lost on that one with you. I know. No, but no. Uh, Bane is questionable. Uh, that's a that's a tough one. Well, I, we don't one. we don't know, right? We don't even know if Zion's playing. Don't even know if Jaws playing. But I want the underdog. We're taking the underdog. That's so the I a grizzly bear. The third best. Would, the third best team in Michigan is playing in the Champions Classic. The third best Michigan college wow. basketball team is playing in the Champions. Who are the first two? Eastern? That would start number one. That would be Michigan and Eastern Michigan. And then yeah. we sit at Michigan State. So I would just like college basketball to update because Michigan has been the best program in the state for the last 10, 12 years. I'm with you. I like that these four are in the tournament every year, but also like, when the coaches go away, it doesn't have as much impact. But anyway, <laughs> Jayhawks win. Martin, Lemon Pepper Parlay, you, Will Blackman, you'll go over week 11. You'll uh, recap week 10. Lots of fun stuff there, right? We will. And I saw he was wearing a three-piece suit, as he called uh, a San Jose State football game. So I'm going to yeah. talk to him about that as well. I need to get to the get bottom on of, him on that. of the wardrobe choice, seeing as no one sees you, bro. It's just shoulders up. Yeah. It feels like a try-hard move. <laughs> is that what it is? All right. Feels there like a try-hard move. 11 Pepper Parlay. That'll be fun. Uh, join us. We will be back Thursday to go over some Week 11 games and uh, some college football. Lots on the agenda uh, I want to remind everyone out there, you may feel like underdogs, but please, please remember you're all my favorites. See you Thursday. 